Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Elizabeth Ralph. She is the founder of Financial Story, um, and she's actually worked with some pretty phenomenal companies, companies that you maybe have heard of like Walmart or Target uh, and a couple other Fortune 500 companies. She also is actually uh, has been coaching with uh, James Whitmore. Um, hundreds of entrepreneurs have been helped um, through her, and so I'm really, really grateful for having her on the show. Thanks, thanks so much, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Good. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, the, you know, financial, um, you know, stability and, uh, you know, your story about how you've been able to help entrepreneurs during this kind of a crazy season is so important. Uh, and I, we have a lot of great things to talk about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, where did you, uh, where did you grow up? Like, um, where did you go to school? Things like that. Yeah, well, um, I'll just give you a heads up. You're probably going to hear it in my accent. I am not originally from San Diego, even though I live here now. Uh, I did grow up in Tennessee, and uh, thank thank goodness I uh, made the trek out here <laughs> during, yes. during high school, and then I ended up going to college uh, it, at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So uh, afterwards, uh, I was like, I need to get a real job. So I've either got to move to San Diego or San Francisco because LA was just not going to do that. So yeah. I ended up, you know, here in San Diego, and uh, it was just, you know, it was pretty incredible from the beginning. You know, being able to, uh, I slid right into sort of mm -hmm. the world of technology and finance and all of that. So uh, yeah, but you know, I was a uh, I had a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. Uh, I really looked up to my grandfather, who was one of the greatest entrepreneurs I've ever known, actually. Um, he owned the, at one point, this was, uh, you know, back in the late 70s. Um, I only saw a newspaper article on it, but he owned the largest cotton gin in the entire world. So, oh, wow. You know, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So your grandfather was kind of like, did he inspire like a lot of your family to start businesses and to kind of like just live their dream kind of thing? He inspired me to do that. Uh, I don't know that he inspired a lot of other people necessarily to do it, <clears throat> but your child. <laughs> well, and you know, I don't even know if he did it on purpose, actually. You know, I, I remember sitting in the airport one time and, and he said to me, he said, uh, you can do anything you want to do. And I kind of thought he was kidding for a minute. And then I saw the look on his face. And I'm like, he's serious. And uh, that, that moment changed everything for me. And, you know, I love, uh, it was one of the reasons I love helping people with their money and on their journey is because I love hitting those inspirational points where we all change. Like, it's like we step into that new version of us all of a sudden. It's like, you're looking around going, my God, did anybody else see this? <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. It can help, you know, facilitate that kind of growth. It's phenomenal. Um, so, so you know, you were you had a company. You, you worked for a job in San Diego. What was was it a financial job or accounting job or something like that? Or what was the first initial um, exposure? 
Uh, it was energy finance. So it was uh, structuring uh, energy deals for large corporations. It was, um, we would also acquire uh, smaller energy companies and then I would go in and build them up. Uh, a lot of it was based on energy trading. So I learned a lot of that and it was basically on a trading floor. So it was one of those things where you go to work and uh, you, know, you have your badge and then you, there's no, there's no cubicles or anything. It's just one big desk and a lot of like um, chaos, I would say. So I loved it. And I'm so glad that I did that for a while, but I knew when I was going through it that I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this forever. You know? Yeah. So how many years did you do the energy finance? Almost 12. 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 12. And, uh, that was a planned thing. Uh, I didn't know in the beginning that I was going to eventually transition out of it. I was just kind of riding the wave of it. I was, it was very challenging. Uh, and I loved the, that aspect of it. Um, <clears throat> it kind of lost myself in there for a minute actually, because I was, I was working like 12 to 14 hours a day. And then I was also studying for financial exams in the evening mm -hmm. and, all of a sudden I realized I didn't have any free time and you know, what, what was I doing? And so that, but I needed that, you know, we all need our lessons to sort of point us in the next direction without the contrast. How do we figure out our next big thing? Right. Yeah. So there was like kind of a burnout moment, like right there at the end where you, you were like, okay, this isn't working for me. Well, you know, it's so funny. Cause I think uh, it not, I don't think things happen in a linear way. Like I kind of knew it, uh, and then it was this kind of random. I saw someone walking across the, the, the floor at work. And, you know, maybe this has happened to you, Tom, where like, it's almost like a movie moment in slow motion. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that this person looked very sad and they kind of looked very old and all this. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what's separating me from, from this person. Right. Because I literally felt like I was sort of having to live a double life. I was coming there and just being the job. I was there making money for them. I was the job. I was in and out of meetings. I was all, that was my life. Yeah. And so suddenly I was like, wait, I could see how people get almost stuck in something like this and it changes who they are on a fundamental level. And so that's what really was the light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you 100%. That's, it's like the, it's the eye awakening moment when, and I guess a lot of people, they see it, but they just don't have the guts to be able to make any change about it. Um, but I've, as listening to like so many entrepreneurs, like over the course of my, my journey, it's like, you know, these people will be like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I would just, I was working at this job and, um, you know, I was thinking, all right, you know, this is where I want to be. I want to be this, you know, level inside the company. And then he looked at that person, you know, that was in that current position that he was attaining, like shooting for, he was wanting to be there. And he was like, this person doesn't look happy. They don't look like they're, you know, really enjoying life every single day. And, you know, that was kind of like that, that moment for them. And it's very, it's very similar. You know, if you, you know, regardless, you know, if you're baking a pie, you know, if you put the proper ingredients in, like no matter how many times you bake that pie, if you put the same amount of ingredients, the same, everything, same temperature, it's going to come out the same way. You know, that's how we are. You know, if we're going down a certain path, you know, that we're going to end up like whatever the path that we choose. And, and for me, it was like, if I was, I wasn't really sure I could 
do these things because I was never extremely exceptional in anything. You know, it's kind of like mediocre in all things. So I could do everything, but not like phenomenal, you know? And so, you know, for me, I was like, all right, well, I mean, I, I think that I can, you know, do this. And it, I just kind of decided to do it. And, you know, and that was the biggest hurdle um, for me was just the, you know, the guts to say, okay, I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm going to figure out what my passion is, what I want to do, how to provide value and just, and just do that. And, and it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, it gets, and people think that, Oh yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. And they, they try to highlight these entrepreneurs that are, you know, they kind of, they're in these very special circumstances, you know, they're, they're, that's just, if people think, Oh, well, if I'm not there, then I'm not happy. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur if I don't have a Lamborghini and a mansion and all that stuff. Right. So, you know, there, there's this like celebritized version of, of entrepreneurship now. And, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about that because, you know, you're, 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 you would consider yourself successful, but maybe some other financial eyes would be like, well, you know, are you making like over, like with entrepreneur organization, it's required for you to, you know, at least have a revenue of 1.2 million in revenue for you to even qualify to, to, to be a part of their community. I'm like, like, are you saying the people that make two to $300,000 a year and they're, you know, they're giving to the homeless aren't a qualified entrepreneur, you know, like, what does that mean? Yes. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing that I've seen from working with so many entrepreneurs and going through this journey myself, um, is that, and I love how you brought up this whole like uh, idealistic entrepreneur thing, because I think that that keeps people trapped for, for a long period of time because they're trying to live up to sort of what they see uh, that, or they, or they believe that it, that it should look like. Right. But um, you know, one of the interesting things is that uh, I think that entrepreneurs come into this believing that, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do what I love. Well, when you get into it, though, doing what you love requires you to do a whole lot of things you also don't like to do at the same time. Right. <laughs> and so what keeps people stuck is, that. is <laughs> yeah. And so they sit, they sit for a long period of time in this resistance of, well, wait, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that stuff or I'm not good at that. And then like you either, but, and so you've either got to hire it out, which means that you've got to go ahead and spend okay. the money to do that. Right. Or you have got to figure out a way to push yourself out of your comfort zone on a regular basis. I have never seen anything so much that feels so much like you're standing on the edge of the cliff and someone just came up behind you and just pushed you on the back than being an entrepreneur. And, yeah, you know, it really, it hit me. It actually, I would say it took me about almost two years to really start to realize that the the enormous success that I had had in my corporate career was not necessarily going to translate into being an entrepreneur unless I accepted the fact that I was no longer representing the product. I was the product. And in order to be the product, you have got to step up and step out of your comfort zone. I couldn't be, I couldn't sit in my lack of transparency anymore. You know, I really had to dig in there and connect with people and, uh, you know, I, I'm so glad I did because it's made me different. You know, I am feel much, you know, further along in the involvement chain than I was <laughs> in my comfy situation. 
But as I said, I had no choice anyways, because I was losing that. The, I was losing the part of me that I'm now describing, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, that definitely makes sense. You know, um, you know, a lot of these things that, you know, we're talking about are very common for the entrepreneur world. <laughs> um, how did you end up learning all these things? Though? Was it just a trial and error? Learning uh, how to teach people about money or yeah. how to be an entrepreneur? Well, how to do things that you don't love, you know, oh. <laughs> that's oh. the biggest thing. I think, oh. you know, yeah. learning about money is fine, but <laughs> learning to love the things that you don't love. You know, uh, coaching helped me a lot with it because, uh, you know, everyone around us is a mirror for us in some form or fashion in our life. Even the people that royally piss us off, there is some bit of reflection in them. And so it all comes down to what we're going to choose to see in that moment, right? And once I stepped into coaching and I learned more of like the coaching techniques and how to really use them, because effectively what you're doing with coaching with an entrepreneur is yeah. you're not ever telling anyone that you're right or wrong. You're just shifting your perspective. So that's what I had to do with myself. And I realized that I was avoiding I was coming up with really crafty ideas to do things a different way that still stayed in my comfort zone. And I bet you if, if I sat down with any entrepreneur right now and asked them some questions, I could uncover for them that they're doing the same thing because we're all doing it to a certain level. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have these like areas that, you know, we're not seeing it's like blind spots, you know, that can, that can hurt us. Is that what financial story is really about? Like, is about seeing those blind spots. It is. It's about seeing the blind spots and uh, opening up uh, your eyes to different possibilities, but all with regards to your money. Love it. Um, so let's go into financial story real quick and see exactly like how, how this whole thing was started. Cause you had 12 years, right. Energy finance. And then it kind of was like, okay, you had this moment where you're like, I don't want to be like these other people that are just look like they're drained of energy and you know, they don't, they're not really like living to their fullest. And then did you go through a transition where you had enough money saved up where you could just, you know, start working with other and start coaching other people financially or how did that whole process start? Well, initially when I, when I left, so I wanted to get myself, you know, you had mentioned uh, at the beginning of the conversation that, um, you know, it's a scary thing to do when you leave something like that. It takes guts. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how I circumvented that is I got myself to a certain level financially where I was like, okay, at least I feel quasi comfortable here. Right. So I did that, made that transition. And originally my, my idea was to be a writer. I love to write. And so I went through that and I sort of went through that for, I don't know, about a year and a half. And I went to a lot of writing conferences and stuff. And I started figuring, you know, I don't know if I really love this whole publishing world and fiction and all that. Maybe, you know, I do miss the whole money thing and I do see how I could help people with finance. So I was at a party. It, it was a party with a friend sitting around, standing around the fire, actually drinking a couple of beers. And someone said, can you help? I've been looking for someone like you because I'm more of like, I'm money, but I'm very much more of a base things on your why. And I incorporate mm -hmm. a lot of sort of the spiritual side of things in with money, like what resonates with you. Yeah. So they had gone out and looked for traditional financial advisors and they were like, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. And they <laughs> said, can I hire you? And I'm like, no, but I'll help you. And they said, no, we won't accept that. You, we have to pay you. So I ended up 
I drove because this was four years ago. I drove to their houses back when we went to people's homes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That remember those days when we went. Yeah, remember those days when you rang the doorbell. <laughs> yeah, no, remember those days where you didn't even do that. You just like showed up. You know, like you didn't even. Oh. You didn't text yeah. them to let them know fifteen like two days before. I know. <laughs> wow. Those are, the, those are the days. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like eight hundred years ago now? It seems like well, you guys did that. Like, how do you know? How do you know they weren't in the shower? It was just part of the game. <laughs> that was the fun about it. You didn't know. You know. I know. I know. So I remember sitting outside of their house, going, "What am I going to help these people with?" Right? Like, you know, like. I wasn't sure it ended up being the best situation for us both. A few months later, I got the, I got a letter in the mail again. This was way back when we sent letters in the mail <laughs> and it had photos in it and it was photos of the fraud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it had photos of these, this beautiful log cabin in big bear. And they had said, they said, you helped us achieve our dream. We're now going to raise our kids in a log cabin at Big Bear and blah, blah. And I was like, awesome. well, if this isn't a sign, then nothing is, right? So I started Financial Story back then. Uh, I was taking on one-on-one clients at the time. And then uh, I ended up releasing a digital program two years ago, which I've continued to you know, make better, put students through. I'm a big believer that, you know, let the students help you create the program because they're the ones that are really going to tell you what the problems are. So uh, it's, it's, it's evolved into something I'm really proud of actually. I love it. Yeah. So, so tell me what you're doing right now. Cause I know you're just launching um, this whole new program. Can you kind of divulge into that and what that, what that's all about? Yeah, so it it still is a financial story, but it's kind of like I'm calling it the 2.0 because, um, you know, I'm really merging and, you know, maybe a lot of listeners are feeling like this as well. Like it's almost like everything you've done up to this point, we've gone through this like quantum explosion this year. And like you're now able to kind of bring things together in a whole new way for this. So I really feel like um, I am now sort of bringing it all together in terms of teaching people like it's not just about the numbers. As a matter of fact, like I don't even like to look at numbers all the time. I'm a big believer that if you get really solid on your why and we all have that one thing that like just means the world to us. Mm -hmm. We're operating based on that. And then we actually put an automated plan together that supports that, which is exactly what I did. My why was horses, helping horses. Uh, And it was so strong within me that I never actually questioned things after that. Because I think what trips people up is they go, should I do this? Should I do that? Especially entrepreneurs, right? You know, what direction should I go? And then you end up in the wrong direction, right? You know, like if you... If you if a plane takes off and it's one degree off, it's going to end up by the time it gets LA to New York, it's going to end up way off, right? Right. So it's saving people from doing that. It's it's putting a little bit of structure around it, but but giving you that why and that momentum. And I think that is what I've now brought more into the program. So that's what and that's really what I'm seeing uh, change people as well because I've been watching and asking, you know, what is inspiring you guys like? What is holding you back, right? And so 
I'm so excited about uh, this round of it. So it's a program. It takes, you know, you a couple of, you can get through it in four weeks if you want to, but typically it takes a couple people a couple of months. I teach some of it live because I love that interaction mm-hmm. with people. And then if you choose to kind of go further, a little bit further in terms of advanced, like investing strategies and stuff, then I have a monthly membership that you can just slide into and stay in as long as you want. And what people say is they're like, they keep telling me that this is what they say, that I make it easy. I think this stuff is easy anyways. I don't think people should be afraid of finance. It's not that difficult. And also you only need to know what you need to know to get you where you want to go A to B. If you want to know everything about finance, go read Investopedia, you know, (laughs) or not. Don't don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's four weeks long. It's, it's focusing primarily on your why, and then it's putting in certain kind of, um, like accountability merit measures and certain things like that in the process to kind of get you going. Why is it four weeks? Do you think you only need, is it like that 21 days to create a habit kind of thinking or so like where you only need four weeks and then that habit's going to be established and then should be good to go after that? Well, I say four weeks because that's the minimum amount of time that would really take you to get through it, to be able to kind of like attend the calls, to do the, the, the stuff that you need to do. So basically when you come into it, we do a lot, we do a lot of mindset stuff in the beginning because wealthy people think different than poor people. That's just mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. You go into a room full of wealthy people, they're having a way different conversation than the poor people. So that's the first thing that I do. And that's one of the things that the students taught me is you can't just go in and expect someone to come from their world that they've been living in and all of a sudden just sit down like a kid at a table and start doing homework. You don't want to do that. Can you, so break, do you, do, can you break down the actual like first four weeks, like what kind of yeah. like places or what, what steps? Yeah. So we do a ton of mindset stuff uh, in the very beginning. Um, It's funny that you said, is it a practice? Because I would say yes. Um, I do some, uh, I give the students audios to listen to, mantras. Uh, I give them money visualizations. We get to a different set point because if we can, if we continue to look at our new world the exact way that we looked at our old, old world, then all we're doing is recreating the old. Yeah, and you so, cannot do that. That's like the biggest thing is like just changing your thought process, you know, from, yes. you know, being in a whole lack and um, starvation and survival mode to thriving and not, not saying things like, I can't afford this, you know. Mm-hmm. And even just repeating it in your mind, or this is too expensive. Like these things, like the rich people don't think like that. Never. And you know, don't you see, don't I mean, don't you see how infused it is in us? Everything we look at, we're like, would they pay for that? Or don't break that. I have to rebuy it. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you turn off the lights. We don't want to use too much electricity. We can't afford the 10 cents. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we clear the clutter in the very beginning. Uh, and it also, what I find is that that gives people a lot of inspiration that opens them up to that space of believability and possibility. Right. And so once we get through that, then I ask you to say, draw me a timeline. What do you really want? When would you like to not have to work anymore? You might want to work, but when would you like the option not to? So that's week two. Mm-hmm. Week two is all of that. Yeah. And that is okay. That's sort of like if you had a genie in a bottle and then uh, week three is really, really dialing into what is your money situation look like now? 
what needs to change about it. And we start, I make money again. I really like, I, I, I teach people basically, I said, you're sitting down at a, at a game table. All you're doing is moving pieces around. There's no reason to feel bad about those pieces. You made the best decision you could before. We're yeah, just playing with the cards that you've been dealt. Exactly. That's all we're doing. There's no emotion. I like, I like to teach money from a place of neutrality because neutrality is our most powerful. That's place. how poker players play. You know, they do play they really? Yeah. hundred percent. People imagine that like, like the best poker players out there, they have horrible hands, but they just play it like they're a millionaire. Right. Tom, I never even thought of that. You're right. Yeah. Same thing. Anything, anything is better from the place of neutrality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Even relationships. Uh, do I expect it? Do I not expect it? I don't know. I can, yes. I love you. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. that's know. like a healthy relationship right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's so hard. You know, I've worked on myself a lot this year in terms of uh, not having expectations. The relationship is the hard one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's always a hard one. People have expectations and you can't force them not to. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so week yeah. four, what's in week four? So uh, week four is where we go into uh, the financial tools that you need to know to get you on your plan and to make you successful for that. So we go into investing and sort of what's going on in, out in the world uh, right now, opportunities coming up. Uh, and we get you set up. By the end of it, you have an automated plan. Because also in week three, we get you on a money management system if you're not. I like YNAB. I don't know. Have you heard of YNAB? You need a budget. YNAB. Yeah. Why? It stands for you need a budget. Uh, you need a budget.com basically. Um, and I love it because it's based on the old school envelope system. Do you know what that is, Tom? Old school envelope system. That sounds yeah. like definitely old school. Yeah. So, so grandmas, they used to, what would happen is the money would come in and they would have the, of course, cash sitting on the table. And then they would have an envelope that was marked for all the things that they need. Okay. Kids need new shoes. This is for groceries. This is for rent, whatever. And they would put that amount of money in the envelope. And then the only, then they would just see what they have left over. If something new came in or an emergency, then they'd have to go through and figure out, well, which envelope am I going to go in? Right. Mm -hmm. But it, so it's a really old system, but it actually works beautifully. And now this company called YNAB, that's their, that's the basis of their entire system. So what it does is instead of you looking at your money and you're like, Oh, I see all these things, which is kind of hard to look at. You Mm -hmm. actually earmark your, your money and it goes into envelopes. If you don't use the money, you get to, it tells you, Hey, Tom, you have $50 left in this other envelope. Where would you like me to spend it? Nice. And so it's a really cool, again, it, it, the reason I, I used it, I've been using it for a long time and I love the company, but I, I also use it because it fits perfectly within the way that I teach goals mm-hmm. and how you can fit things in your timeline within financial story. So that is the first piece of the automated system. And then you you have your envelope for investing. And then we talk about, okay, then where's that going to go? And so by the end, by the time you finish financial story, you have a baseline automated system. If that's all you did, you would be so much better off. Now, as I said, you can go into the the membership if you want at that point and learn more from there. But one of the things that I learned about running this is to just get people to to a level where they can get A to B. It's not overwhelming. Uh, it's functional, you know, and enjoy it. You know, money does not have to be boring. <laughs> 
it doesn't have to be boring and it doesn't have to be like so draining where it, you know, it takes away your happiness. Well, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, without, I think, I think a lot of times our happiness is removed or maybe it's just not replenished or something like that as some, some sort, like if you had to measure happiness, like zero to a hundred, I think when we feel as if we're not in control of our environment to a certain degree, I think our happiness levels can go down. And it, a lot of the times with money, if we feel like we're not in control of our money and things are just not the way that we want them to be, then, you know, can really affect us. And, and I think, you know, if being able to, you know, utilize these kind of like four steps to get your mindset around, you know, what money is, you know, and then kind of structure it in a way where you, it's not in your mind and you feel like you have a bit of control over it. Um, you know, even though it can be fleeting. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I think that could really increase the happiness and then, you know, what you're able to do and in your daily, you know, daily life, your daily, you know, um, how you wake up in the morning, you know, that you actually want to wake up in the morning. A lot of people out there, they're so financially drained that they, they don't want to go to work. You know, they don't want to get up. They don't want to repeat the process because they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. So, I mean, they, all they know is, okay, I have to go to work so I can, <laughs> I was telling, I was talking about this the other day. I was like, I was like, this is, this is what really drove me nuts was I would get up so I could go to my car so I could pay for gas so I could go to work so I could eat food so I could go home so I could sleep so I could wake up and pay for gas and eat food and go to work and so I can go to sleep so I, and it was like this just reason and I was like why am I this is ridiculous like I, I everything about it was just drove me nuts and you know so I, so what what this program really can do is kind of just help a person kind of get away from that and be able to go into a place where you know they have they have something where, um, where they can, you know, start to invest in other things or at least have some kind of control over it. Right. And then, and then, you know, they'll be happier and better off in life. Yeah. And that's exactly right. You hit it on the head with the whole, like, you feel like you're just putting gas in your car just to, to get to work to, I mean, God, then that's an awful feeling. Um, I think that once you have a system in place like this, I think, Actually, this might sound funny, but I think you actually feel less alone because you feel like you're not carrying the full weight of every single thing on your shoulders. You you finally feel like something is there working in the background for you that doesn't require you to go and get in the car and put gas in the car so you can put food on the table and for blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't have to start with a lot. Once you have the system set up, it doesn't matter if you're putting $50 in it you feel more powerful because you've actually got something working in the background. If that makes any sense. You have something left over. You don't have zero. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I would encourage people to not even get caught up in the amount because that's actually not important right now. You know, um, if you look at like, uh, you know, incredible entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, right? Like he doesn't get caught up in the amount. He gets caught up in the idea. And so the more we can ride the magic carpet of the idea and move ourselves away from the amount, the more we step into that true, creative, innovative power within us. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's, that is the key right there. That's awesome. Um, so last thing we want to talk about is the pandemic and kind of what's been happening right now. Um, and so I'm curious, like, how has it been? How have your students been doing during this whole time? 
I'm sure, you know, being able to be more financially aware is more important now. Um, but what have you been some of your results and maybe some, I know we're just launching this new program now, right? Um, so that's great that you're, you're able to do that and it's going to help a lot of people. Um, but what's, what's your been, uh, what's been your experience like this year? Well, you know, I had students inside, uh, a lot of students who were already inside of the program during the pandemic. So they were very appreciative to have kind of that support because even after you're done with the program, we have an ongoing, very close knit community and I do a lot of coaching inside of there. And so they were able to kind of come and, you know, get support with that. The people that joined, uh, you know, I opened up the program. Uh, I don't open it a lot, but I, I opened it in June because I really did want to give people, you know, okay, let me, let me help you out with some stuff here. Mm -hmm. Well, what ended up happening is some of those students uh, actually were very shocked that they, as I think a lot of us were, that we actually made money during that time, right? Because the market has gone up. I mean, tremendously. I mean, most of my stuff, if I look at what my stuff has done since June until now, I just looked at it the other day, 23.9% mm -hmm. has increased just since June. So I had one student actually send me a message and she goes, <clears throat> I think something's wrong on my statement because there's $10,000 more in my account. And I'm like, Oh, are, are, are you reading it wrong or what? And so she had forgotten about it. Right. So I think for the students that I think um, there were some students inside of the story who did panic more. I really feel like the, the students inside of the, the, the program are just reflective of people anywhere, right? Like some people are going to go away and panic and all that. But uh, the, the students that, that really um, thrived were really the ones who could, again, we keep going back to this, not think about it so much, right? They just kind of stuck with the plan. They kept putting their $1,000, their $500, whatever it was, and forgot about it. And, you know, honestly, Tom, that's how I did all of this as well. I did all of this in very much an automated fashion. And I kept going back to, I want to do this because I want to better position myself to help horses. And I know I don't want to keep going to this job all day long. And that was all. I made it, it so simple. It is simple. <laughs> it's got to be simple. It's amazing how little things like that, you know, mm -hmm. can really be life changing. You know, that's like the simplest things. It's what's the Einstein quote? You know, any fool can make the, make something complicated. It's, it takes true genius to simplify something. Yes. So there yeah. you go. You know, that's, exactly that's right. I love it. Okay, cool. So Elizabeth, so how do people get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of financial story? Um, what do they do if they want to work with you and be able to change their financial situation? Yeah. So they can go to, uh, myfinancialstory.com if they want to just, uh, jump on the wait list or just find out more and, and just stay in touch with us. They can do that. They can go to myfinancialstory.com slash sign up. If it's before, if they're listening to this before January 4th, cause I've actually got the program open right now. Um, if you want to just, uh, get to know more about this stuff. You know, I'm constantly sharing stuff like this and having conversations like this. I've actually started these Instagram lives lately, which I really love. I've been bringing students from within the program onto Instagram live and letting them share their experiences about what they learned, learned inside of the program. And awesome. it's just been, it's been monumental for them. It's also been a very much a co-creative process for me because I love the questions. I love their experiences. It helps me better the program, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, just go to at Elizabeth Ralph, you know, it's just 
my my first and last name on Instagram and there we yeah. go. You only have limited spots, right? Because you're I mean you do a lot of one on one coaching with these people with everyone yes. in the program. Yeah. So I take five people on at a time, uh, with limited spots, uh, and then everyone else can join the, uh, the video program, which is basically, I go, I do group coaching live through that. So I kind of give people options, but yeah, I take on five at a time and I do, I do love working one-to-one with people and I do really get into the details of their financial strategy then. So I think it appeals to, you know, one or the other. Each group has the option to go into the membership afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that's love it. Well, Elizabeth, I think you're doing some amazing work. I obviously this is something that's really, really important. And, uh, so I appreciate you sharing your financial story. (laughs) Um, and you know, hopefully we'll have you on a little bit later on this year and maybe see some, some responses from some people. If you guys want to get a hold of her, go ahead and check her out. Um, I, I want to join some Instagram lives because I mean, it sounds like they would be really, really entertaining yes. to see some responses there. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.